Welcome to Meeple to Meeple, uniting players around the world. A 30-minute exploration of PJ and Gareth's four-game experiences from across both sides of the Atlantic. Each episode, they share their thoughts and opinions on the world of board games, including their favourite themes, games, hot topics, and much, much more. Hey guys, and welcome to episode 61. Um, But before we begin, um, I just want to send a personal thank you and express my gratitude to those of you who listened to last week's episode where we did a memorial about the loss of our our cat shrimp uh and some of you reached out after listening to the episode and i just wanted to say thank you about that and i wanted to get that out of the way before we began but uh so today we are going to ask the question or we're going to we're going to find out if you are a person that loves pigeons and hates <laughs> your friends that's what we're going to find out today as always i am pj and i am gareth and today we are lucky enough, we are blessed to have the designer of Stool Pigeon, Nate Miller. Nate, how are you? I am so good, guys. I have been freaking out all week. I've been so excited. <laughs> this is my first interview. My wife is listening to me, talking to myself in the shower, getting ready for questions, and I've, I've just been so excited. So, yeah, well, welcome to, to the show. you guys in person. This has been a really yeah. cool part of the experience for me. So I'd not heard of Stool Pigeon PJ until I think it was at Gen Con that yep. you stumbled across these beautiful right. birds. Right. So, um, and it was this year. So it was Gen Con 2023. Uh, my, my wife and I frequent the Barrel Age Games booth. Uh, Caleb and Jason, just such good people. Um, and they were promoting Stool Pigeon and they talked to us for like two minutes. And my wife looked at me and said, we're getting a copy, right? <laughs> I'm like, well, that's why I came here. For the stool sample, because yes. they printed they printed out what it was like one card that plays <clears> in the game, like a little promo expansion. But they three D printed a little poop, and the previous year, Caleb gave me a three D printed um, alligator meeple right. for their previous game, uh... Moonshine Empire. And so I told him, I was like, I need multiple poops, Poop. yeah. <laughs> um, so that I can incorporate it into his other game, Moonshine Empire. I didn't know what Stool Pigeon was. And it is now the most played game in our entire collection, which oh, is wow. crazy. Yeah, no, it's amazing. I think wow. we've got uh, 117 plays. That's what? between Yes, yeah. that's between now and Gen Con, which was August. Wow. Yes, yeah, right, that's, that's more plays than any game biggest... in my collection. I've been playing games for a long time. Yeah. Wow. I think I think Nate, you should give us an overview of what Stool Pigeon yeah. is um, all about. So Stool Pigeon, first off, is a mafia term for a spy. So that's kind of where that the, helps. It, so it's a mafia theme with pigeons, and people think, "Oh, poop <laughs> pigeon with with a little three D printed poop." It's funny, but a stool pigeon is a mafia term for a spy. And so in the game, you have a crime scene of four cards, and your goal is to lower the amount of witnesses that are in the crime scene. So it's, it's pretty funny. And, and you're using mechanics to either get rid of those witnesses or just lower um, the, the number on the card. And then also action cards to kind of switch things around. And so that's, that's pretty much the game um, in a, in a, in a quick. Yeah. It plays like in 10, five, 10 minutes. It's a really fast game. Is that why, PJ, you've had so many plays? Because you just so there's two reasons why, and I had to share this story with Nate. I had to reach out to him and go, "Dude, I just played your game 22 times in a single day. 
It was a couple of weeks ago. My sister-in-law was in town and we taught her stool pigeon. And, you know, she's like, we're going to play it until I win the game. And I understand all the rules. <laughs> I think we played it 22 times back to back. And, uh, and then the whole weekend, I was like, we got to play more stool pigeons. So there was a lot of three player, uh, pigeon crime scenes on my table. And it was just, you know, it was a mess. There was poop everywhere. And just, <laughs> you know, uh, it was horrible, but, uh, thank you, Nate, for such a great experience. This is a good card game. I love it. Thank you so and, much. Nate, so this is your, is your first design? This is my first, um, published game. Yeah. And when did you start this process of designing stool pigeon? And did it start out with stool pigeon or did it start out with a completely different, um, um, so I started theme. making the game on accident. Uh, this is before I was a game designer. Um, we can go into that, but um, I started making it in late 2016 after my brother showed me a version of golf that was really fun. And uh, I just brought it home and I was like, man, how could I make this more fun for my friend group? And so I was like, man, it would be easier if it had its own artwork and like a theme and I could like really change some other things about it. And so that's when I started making it. Um, it was about late 2016. Has it always been pigeons and mafia? Um, it was always pigeons and mafia. Okay. I was playing with themes and I landed on that. And um, what happened was is I, I was volunteering with a high school uh, ministry at the time. And I was trying to get these kids to hang out. And so I started a small group um, a game night and we would meet every Thursday night. I would just get a bunch of pizzas. I'd have pizza, uh, pizza and um, board games and football and just everything that high school students wanted to yeah. do. It was just an escape. And we would play Catan and a bunch of other games. I, I, would in, I was introducing them to games because they were kind of in that age where you really start to like, enjoy games and competitively yeah, yeah and so i had to keep changing up things to keep them interested and so i was learning how to like and augment um player counts because we'd have a lot of kids and so i was always every week basically just training my mind to be a game designer but i didn't know it and so after my brother showed me this game i was like i could this would be a hit in my group and so i did what i do i just kind of made my own little game and it blew up and these Amazing. kids were bringing it home for thanksgiving and i was just hand drawing decks after decks <laughs> after decks and then luckily my best friend in real life his name's john yetter he did the artwork um i was like hey man can you help me i need, I need mafia pigeon artwork um <laughs> and he was like what i was like just just trust me so he actually uh he did it for me and it, it started, it worked out so well that we were like, man, we should like do something with this. Cause we're, we're pretty entrepreneur in our minds. So that launched us doing our Kickstarter and, um, yeah. And that was in 2017, the Kickstarter. Yeah. The, the Kickstarter was in 2017. I, I worked on it for about a year, um, and kind of planned it all out. And then we, we did a Kickstarter in 2017. And, um, we, we, we barely funded and my, I didn't know anything about Kickstarter stuff. I was like, wow, we funded, this is incredible. But now in the Kickstarter world, like barely funding is like kind of iffy, but I was ecstatic. I, I thought I had, I don't know. I had won the Olympics or something. Yeah, was, right. I was we, so yeah. happy. Yeah. And you've gone from a, like I said, a non game designer to game designer and a Kickstarter mm -hmm. publisher in about a year and a half, I guess it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. Wow. fun. And what was your biggest 
learning, I guess, from the Kickstarter? Is there anything you'd share? For, oh, it sounds I, like we could do a whole episode on I, what I learned maybe, from doing Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but mainly, I mean, we didn't have an email list. We didn't do any formal play testing. We didn't have a rule book that worked. We, we just had a artwork and a game. I think I made a video Amazing. just ra- randomly look, with my it, high yeah. school students. It was not in any way, shape, or form what you see today. And, um, but also, but that being said, we got a lot of like most of our supporters were people we didn't know. And so yeah. that was actually my first time ever seeing the gaming community. Was, and I was like, these people are so supportive. Like, I had to like beat up my friends just to have them like buy the game. And these random people from all over the world are supporting us. So that was my first experience with the gaming community and it being really inviting. And it got better and better, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I, every time I look at the the artwork, just going back to the artwork thing, I don't think I'm ever going to look at pigeons again. I'm always going to be suspicious of a group of pigeons and whether they're undercover mafia. Um, <laughs> I, I spying, think the rule of thumb, spying on me. <laughs> you should always be suspicious of pigeons, even before this game, right? It yeah. Just- it just amplifies it. I'm from the Bay Area. I do not like pigeons. Okay. Pigeons are gross, but the artwork is so good. Um, John killed it. If you haven't seen the artwork, it is beautiful. Awesome. It is minimalistic, and it, it's just fun to look at. And uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the, the the Kingpin. If you notice, he's got some teardrops, and he's got a cigar. Like it, It's just little, tiny, little subtle things in there yeah. are really clever. And then the um, the vendetta with his head cut off, how it looks like the um, uh, the Among Us uh, artwork. We, yep. we did that. Be- we did that before Among Us. Yeah. People are like, oh, it's like Among Us. I'm like, we were like way before that. <laughs> time. Time. So yeah, John time. is John is a genius um, when it comes to artwork and just um, translating things to people's eyeballs. He's he's so good at it. And so I got really lucky with him being my best friend because you would. As a game designer, you would have to pay a lot of money to get yeah, this yeah. kind of artwork. Absolutely. And I just, I mean, I could just hit him up and be like, hey, well, not anymore. He, I bug him a lot, but right. uh, <laughs> uh, he's, he's just been probably the biggest reason we were successful in the beginning was because of the artwork. So how did you uh, meet or connect with uh, Barreled Age Games? How did, how did that come about? Um, yeah, so I went to uh, a convention called KublaCon. I think it was 2019, and I actually didn't remember meeting them. I remember seeing their um, their their game and their booth, and but there was two of us, and it was our first convention, and like thousands of people are talking to us, and they ended up getting the game, and I, I didn't know. Um, but so that's when I first met them, but I didn't remember it. Mm-hmm. And years later, when we did our our Kickstarter, and we we sold out, and we kind of went stagnant. We didn't really know what the next moves were, um, and then COVID hit, <laughs> um, and I was kind of revamping the game. I had learned a lot from our rule book and a lot from people's comments on um, just mistakes I had made in in the design. It was a little clunky, um, and in my process of making like a one and a half or two point version, um, they emailed me and they said, "Hey." this is our favorite game and we've been trying to get our hands on it, but it's just not available. Um, we're actually publishers. Do you need any help? Mm. And it hit me right in the heart because I, I needed it um, yeah. like badly. And um, 
that formed like a really cool friendship. Um, and so eventually we actually met up at Kublacon because um, they're from SoCal. I'm from Northern California and they were going to Kublacon um, to, to, you know, be publishers. And I was like, all right, can I have your hour lunch break just to talk to you guys? And so I drove down just to, I bought the badge. I bought everything just to talk to them. And I brought my notes. I brought all my stuff. I was super nervous. <laughs> and then I met them and I was like, I would, I would have a beer with these guys. And so right. I sat down. Amazing. They're just the, the greatest guys. And so I sat down and that hour felt like five minutes <laughs> because they, uh, first, the first impression was he had a, he had make an, he made a, an, iPhone case into a makeshift stool pigeon. Like he, he did his own artwork, he printed it off, and then he had made his own deck because he couldn't oh. get his own. And I was like, I, he looked at me like, "Oh, are you, are you okay with this?" I'm like, "I am so flattered." Yeah, that is yeah. the coolest thing. That is um, cool. I've never seen anyone do that. And so I, I sat down with him and we talked about the future of stool pigeon from our our point of views, and we brought out our notes, and they were just perfect. They, they meshed perfectly. Um, with the mechanics that I was actually fixing and their thoughts of what, what needed to be fixed um, in the game and honoring the feel of stool pigeon and the sarcastic vibe, but also improving the game at the same time. And it was the funnest conversation I'd ever had because I don't have any game designer friends that most people around me don't even play games. I have to like convince them, which is why I made stool pigeon. It's the perfect, <laughs> it's the perfect game to um, kind of bring both, sides together it's it, it's beautiful it really is a great game um and so i met with them and after that i was like i need to work with these guys and so i decided i want to do a contract deal with them because they're really good at the marketing and the um just the sales side which is something i'm not really great at i just i would just give this game away for free like i just i want people to play it that's all yeah, I, I care about and they're really good at the other side and they also love people too. But um, so I decided to go with them and we ended up, I think six months after that, after talking and planning, we, we signed a contract deal and now they, I sold the rights to them um, for royalties. If you're a game designer, you don't have to do it all on your own. You can sell your game designs mm. to publishers and then they do all the hard work for you. And it takes a lot of the, the stress off of you and you can enjoy your life. <laughs> <laughs> and is that, so what's different? In the version, I guess, 2.0 versus the original, did you change much on yeah. that journey with them? Um, there, it's a small changes, but it makes a huge difference. Um, so if you haven't played Stool Pigeon, basically, you have four cards in front of you, and your goal is to lower them. You only know two of them. And on your turn, you draw a card, and you put it into your hand, switching it with one of the cards in front of you, and you put a card into the middle. And in the newest version, whatever card goes in the middle has it um it activates an action either yeah. the, if it's an action card you get to do that action and if it's a number card or a witness card um anyone even if it's not their turn can put a matching one on top of it eliminating a card from their crime scene that um, is my wife's key move and why <laughs> she wins all the time no matter what i put in the center she's got the matching number it's like I can't win. And, and is, if there's two people who've got two or three people who've got it, it's the first person. It's the first person. It's the first person to basically. One shift of my best card. friends broke his hand playing the game because <laughs> no of way. that. Yeah, he, he had a cast. <laughs> it was hilarious. Um, it, it'll it'll get you. Um, 
And so what happened in the original version, which was really clunky, was when you used to draw a card, if it was an action card, you that's when you could play it. You could only uh, play okay. it if you drew it. And if you got oh. rid of it from your hand, nothing happened. Yeah. Oh. Um, which now, obviously, if you play the new version or if you know anything about like game design, there, that creates a lot of issues because... Is it for a new player? You're like, wait, I thought I could play this, but now I can't. And and it it was very clunky. I know a lot of people who love the original version. They still play it that way. They think it's perfect. Um, but what the new way does is it makes it so that you can plan ahead. And also it makes it so that when those cards are in your hand, um, that you can you can just you, you get to choose what happens versus oh I drew us this card, now I can play it. Um it added a lot of um, strategy to the game because now in the old version, if you started with action cards in your hand, it's like, okay, these are wastes. But now you're like, Oh, mm. I'm going to wait until I know where a card is and I'm going to steal it. And there's, so there's a lot of strategy that was added and that just shows a lot of the growth that can happen. Um, as you design a game, always be open to in people's um, comments because they're right. <laughs> uh, Early on, I was like, no, 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 it's perfect. No one give me any advice. And then later, I was like, they're right. And I wish I had listened earlier. And because it's so much better and it'll even grow as the years go by. So I'm really excited uh, for the change in that um, Barrel Age Games was, they did, they did a lot of help with getting it there because um, I had some of those ideas, but they brought this idea to the table that I was wrestling with. And it was, in the old version, all the action cards were worth 10 points. And now they have their oh, individual ones. Yeah. Yeah. And I okay. Did, I didn't think of that. So now I know no one's played the game, but now that those action cards have different values, it, it says, oh, do I play this or do I keep it? Because the value is really low, but I could use this and I could really mm. affect somebody's hand. Um, so that they brought that to the table and it was like the missing piece that I needed to like go forward with the next version of the game yeah, I mean, I've not played it but certainly from reading the rule book and watching the videos that a bit around tucking a card one of the I guess one of the character cards one of the mafia cards in your in your four cards or in your crime scene knowing that you can bring that card out when you want to that's a great design change um, and that balance of risk versus reward on that on the score um, was a nice change as well that's tell us about the yeah. rat there's the rat. <laughs> so the rat is my favorite card. So when I was designing this game, I, I was designing it for people to have fun. My friend group, I didn't think of anyone else. So I was like, we need a bad guy. We need a card that everyone hates. And then when you have it, you're like, man, how do I get rid of this? Um, so I, I came up with a card. I was like, ah, maybe like an old maid where like you can't get rid of it. And if you do, it just, it just comes back to you. And, mm. um, and, I, and at first, I actually made it like worth like 15 or 20 points. It's like, I'm going to make people hate this card. And I was like, because one of the funnest game parts of the game is the reveal at the end. Because no one knows what they have. And yeah. when you reveal your cards, it's like, ah, ah, yes. Or how did that get there? And in a really close game, the more you play, the more competitive you get. Like you, You'll see within like three rounds of playing the game, you'll go from like maybe like 20 points to like, low teens so like every game you're in like the low single digits mm -hmm. and yep. so with a rat in there um 
Sometimes it's it's like I've got four points, and that guy has two points in the rat. And if he draws anything higher than a two, he loses. But they draw the meatball, and it's just like the craziest reveal. Um, <laughs> um, what the rat does is it's worth the top card on the deck, so it can be worth ten or zero. Yeah, and yeah, it, it's just that was my favorite card that I created. Um, the kingpin was the second favorite card that I created. Um, just because it, it's kind of a it's kind of a wild card. You can keep it as one point. Or what I do is I save mm-hmm. it to the end with if someone knocks and then I either add a card to them or I get rid of one of mine. And so there's a lot of mind games that happen in the game. And with, <laughs> with those cards, like a, having a rat where if I switch a card to you and you don't know what it is, like, is it good? Is it bad? Is it? There's just so many little mind games that you can play in a quick game. It, it's three to five minutes with my friend group. Like it's mm. so fast. I, I think it, what makes that game shine is like you talked about it. it there is a mind game, right? There's you did that definitely, but there's also a blend. It's also a memory game because you don't know what's in front of you. You have limited information in front of you. Right. So you start by yeah. looking at two, don't you? You, you, you yes, know, yeah. two of the four and that's, yes. that's it for the whole game, isn't it? So Until you start you, looking at two and then, yeah, you can only learn things by either when you draw a card, switching yeah. it out so you know what mm-hmm. the new one is. Um, and from the get-go, you're making little decisions. So let's mm-hmm. say you start with a, a three and an eight, and you draw five. Obviously, you don't want to get rid of three. You can either get rid of the eight, or you can get rid of one you don't know. Mm-hmm. Right? And if you get rid of the one you don't know, you might get rid of a two. But you could also get rid of a ten. But if you put that five in the one that you don't know, now you know three numbers. So you're mm-hmm. from the very start, you're making tiny decisions that just there's a snowball um and they're they're so small but they're so rewarding so it, it doesn't distract you from the speed of the game um, right but yeah there's there's so much you could do in this game and i could probably give like an hour lesson on strategies if you want <laughs> <laughs> and if i choose to swap one of the top cards out mm-hmm. of the four and play that card and it is the rat that that oh. card activates. It always activates. It activates. I, it. Yeah, so okay. it so activates it's... by going in the middle. So if you get rid okay. of a card at any point, it always activates. And so if you got rid of the rat right there, you would have to take the rat back. Yeah, so you just got five card. cards. Oh, you could also man. randomly play a stool pigeon, and or and then you could look at your fourth card, or yeah. you could randomly get rid of a kingpin and you could kill a card. So there's there's mm-hmm. so many there's so many avenues. And and it plays two to six. It plays two PJ, to six. Yeah, PJ, have you played it all player counts? Or have you played no. it? No. What's we your preferred? It, we yeah. played it at two, three, and five. Okay. And it played three and five play well, so I assume four plays well. Three two and four is, are my favorite. Yeah, two okay. is okay. It's you know we my wife and I love the game, so we will play it at two. But it's not the most ideal player count for this. You want game, the crowds. Right? You you want a you group of Pigeons. Do it's it's Dare nice creating an enemy a con a common enemy is is my favorite thing. Um, with two people, it I think it's fun with two people. I have a I have a friend who him and his wife play like very competitively, and they have a yeah. whiteboard in their house, and <laughs> they they tally who has the most wins. Like mm-hmm. they're very cutthroat. Yes. Um, yes. Three to four is my favorite. Um, how I play with my friend group is when you get a win, you get a point, and you're playing for three points. And so okay. what that does is it creates a common enemy because if we were playing and PJ's got two points, every action card we get, we are messing with him because we just don't want him to win. Mm. And so 
I really do like having um, extra people. And, and then the more people you have, the more eliminating there is. So when a number card goes in the middle, or a witness card, if you have the same one, you get to, to stack it on top of it and lose that from your hand. So more people, more numbers, more eliminating. And right. I think it's wonderful. And what, what happens if I get it wrong? Is that I like I've got a two, <laughs> but actually my two is on the other card. Yeah, don't right. get it wrong. I really don't, you don't want wrong. to get it wrong. Um, <laughs> so if you get it wrong, you take it back and then you draw an extra card without looking at it. So you end up with an extra uh, card. And you I don't do know have one house rule. This, if you've ever played this game, you can do this. This is the designer's house rule. You get one mulligan for your entire life. So if you mess up, you get one redo. But you can save it for whenever you want, ever. Yeah, ever. <laughs> that's that's my rule. I, I do that's that with new players time. because yeah. when you mess up and you're new, you feel really bad. And so I'm like, hey, just use your mulligan, and then it gets rid of that like awkwardness. And yeah. then if you only get one, it's not like you're like babying a player. So I, I like to say that for new players, just so they feel really invited. Mm-hmm. And also, it's super funny. Like some people have never used their mulligan, and they feel super proud. <laughs> I'm there already thinking I'm never using my mulligan. I'm determined. Yeah, like, no. I think what I like is it sounds so accessible. Like, it doesn't matter who is, you've got friends around for dinner, non-gaming friends or gaming mm-hmm. friends. It, it, it's an end of evening or start of games night filler. Or mm-hmm. you've gone to the restaurant and you've got you know time between a meal to squeeze a quick game in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jason's wife has waterproof cards, which I want. Because this is like one of my favorite. Is that custom, bar- custom. Yeah, yeah. I think we're gonna have to make those in the future. But yeah. uh, especially with their new game also being waterproof. Um, but I want that because I, you play the game one handed, so it's fair. But that's yeah. so you can hold a drink. So I like to play this out, yeah, yeah. and also so you don't have to sleeve your cards. That'd be great. But um, yeah, I want I want waterproof cards because we you do play it anywhere. You don't need a very big space, and it, nope. it's super fast. And like you said, it. It's that this is the Thanksgiving game for me. Like yeah. if you're going to have Thanksgiving or Christmas or one of these these uh things that just bring like a really random group of people together, it's super easy to play. You can play it very competitively. It really does reward better players. So if you're a gamer and you're like I'm a good gamer, I understand like thinking ahead, this will <laughs> reward you enough. You will have that um that moment where you feel really rewarded. But also an eight-year-old kid could just beat you mm-hmm. because it's you can learn it that fast. And yep. it um when Barrel Age Games was kind of going through the dance of like, you know, should we should we take this game on? Should we, will it market well? They went and because there's other games that have a golf um base. There's other games that have a golf base. And so what they did is they went and played all the other ones, and they were like, there's just something different about Stool Pigeon. And they said the word magic like there's just this magic about it mm. and i think that really describes it really well um and so when you're playing with new people it's just it's just instantly addicting and it and it does it plays that he like pj said he played 30 times and i was like yeah i understand i've been there yeah. um and it i don't know why i i design a lot of games and a lot of the games I design work, right? So they have a beginning, a middle, and an end. But that replayable fun factor is what I'm always chasing. And I kind of use Stool Pigeon as my base. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like if I watch people's eyes or I look at their gestures after they play, and if it if I don't see that 
I need to play it again or I'm going to do this next time, I'll just scrap the game. So I've been, I use Stool Pigeon as kind of like my base game for, um, for players. If, if you've got expansions coming, is there future Stool Pigeon or is there another game that's. Oh, uh, there's uh, both. Close. Um, so. <laughs> Both. They do both. Yeah. games. So the, the the little poople that they had for their uh, their little Poop, pigeon poople. stool, which I love. That was all them. They came up with that on their okay. own. It was their mechanic, and I love it. I think it's. I was actually working on an expansion card called the Jailbird, where when you play mm-hmm. it, you put the card on top of someone's card and it locks it. Okay. But this three D poop thing was just genius. I was like, yes. Um, so personally, I have, I have a whole bunch of. Um, expansion cards that i play with my friend group that i've made and i probably have like 10 um and they they add a lot to the game but right now we're just working on getting the game out and getting people yeah. to play it um but yes we're i at least i personally do they own the game so i'm gonna give them my input i will say they are great people and they they talk to me every single day like when you sell your game to somebody, I thought, okay, they have it, and they'll just like, hey, yeah. go away. Yeah. They talk to me every day on Marco Polo or text, and and they're always asking for my advice because I think they just want to keep it just the feel of the game. Right. Um, and I, I do want to say one thing about Barely's games, and this is actually what made me choose them. Um, when we were talking at the convention, I, I said, you guys already like you've already basically um, when we were talking about our notes, you, you already came up with this on your own. Why don't you just add your own artwork and make your own version? Like you could totally do that. And they're mm-hmm. like, we could do that, but we would know we did. And <laughs> so that kind of won with me with integrity. Like they were just yeah, such yeah. incredible people that they wouldn't want to rob like someone's hard work just for their right. own personal gain. So they're just the best people, and I love working with them. And is the game available everywhere? Where, uh, it's on Amazon it? and okay. their website. Uh, if you're going to buy this game, please get it on Amazon and leave reviews. <laughs> and is I, it available I, in, in Europe as well, or is it US? I don't know. We're going we're <laughs> to have to check. I'm so sorry, Jason and Caleb. Um, I'm sure if you do it on the website, the, they, could, they could figure that out. I'll personally send it to you if you're in Europe. That's just the person I am. I don't care. I've done it before. Um, I'm going to send Jareth one. So, Gareth, sorry, Gareth. We need, it, we, we need to get it across the ocean. We got to do it. We got to. It's it's so good. It's such a good game. Yeah. Yeah, I have to look it up. So, yeah, if you're looking for it, is, is there a website? What's the website address? Yeah, is Barely's it- Games is their website. Um, yeah. And you can go to any of their Instagram. Um, you can go to their website, but yeah, you can go there and then figure it out. You could also just message me and I'll, I will figure out how to get it to you. So yeah, go to website, barrel age games. We'll put a tag into the chat as well. Absolutely. PJ, anything to close with? So Nate, uh, tell me or tell us how, uh, how did you get into game design? Like how did, how did that come about? Yeah. So I kind of accidentally fell into it. I've always been a really creative person. And uh, I, have, I have ADHD, so creativity is kind of like my crutch um, when I can't exactly do what everyone else can do. And in middle school, I, I really got into card tricks and I was just so intrigued and I would just watch people do these things. And I'm like, I need to know how to do that. So I started learning card tricks um, 
and I didn't know this, but I was learning mechanics because right. all card tricks are just different mechanics performed mm. in different um, um, order, and and you have your own spin on it and your own story, and you're performing it, um, and it's all about the reveal. So I got really into card tricks and making up my own versions, and and I, I didn't know this, but I was programming my brain to learn how mechanics work and get different reactions from people. And so no idea that was what was happening. And then I fast forward and I, I started working with high school students and I was, you know, I was doing the same thing with games. I was changing parts of games to make it either more interesting for this kind of group or this amount of people. And I also really got into um, creating escape rooms uh, for my students. And so I was just learning all, all these things that I had learned up at that point of creating mechanics to get a reaction um, and they have to combo together and it has to be seamless um, kind of just all came together. And so I didn't even know, but way back in the day when I was learning card tricks, I was training my brain to create mechanics and I'm doing the same thing now with the popular mechanics that are coming out right now. I'm just learning mechanics. I'm honing my skills. If I was playing a guitar, I'm learning all the new chords. I'm, mm. I'm, and that's kind of what you do as a game designer is you're, you're learning all the new stuff and putting your own spin on it. And so that's how I got into it. I just kind of used my gifts that I had honed over the years. It's an amazing Ooh. story. What Have you always played games as well? Have you always yeah. been a gamer as part of that as well? Um. So my family's always played games. And my, my wife, if I asked this question to her, she would laugh at me. Because when we get together for Thanksgiving and Christmas, we wake up and we play games all day yeah. long. And her family plays games once a year. And I'd say once a year. And they, it's not their thing. So when she hung out with my family the first time, she was like, is this all we're going to do? Like, <laughs> yeah. That like, sounds amazing. Come on, come on. This is what we do. Like, we, we literally have just a whole, like, we, we wake up, we play games. We During breakfast, we're playing some kind of card game. Euchre is pretty big in my family. Catan, um, Terraforming Mars, mm-hmm. and then just a bunch of other filler games. Um, we, we can make anything a game. We're, we're very much a gaming family. Um, I wouldn't say I'm, like, a super gamer. This last year, I've been learning a lot of the popular games. Um, Everdale and Root and like all these like yeah. really great games and I'm uh, totally obsessed with the mechanics and it just it fuels my fire to, to design more games and use these mechanics which is I think the most fun part of being in game design and in this community is you're always learning it's never just like okay I've, I've hit, hit hit my point They're like no it, the second you learn something you're like oh no I've opened up a whole new avenue um, but yeah I've always been a gamer and I've, I just, I love the community part of it. Um, I actually really don't care if I win a game. I know that that's mm. probably going to cause some controversy, but I just love <laughs> to see people together. And I love to create interactions that just cause tension. <laughs> and I just, that, that is the funnest thing in the world to me. That's, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I guess the, uh, the one question is how do we, collectively the three of us get with dan halligan and squeeze a pigeon into obsession right? it's gotta be it's gotta be doable i, I did it? listen to that episode with the cat oh, yeah. and i told my wife about it because she she loves that um that time zone uh, yeah she doesn't really mm-hmm. like games but she really likes that time zone and that era yeah so i was like i could get this for my wife and she'd probably play um 
yeah, let's talk. Let's get a pigeon in there. Like a pigeon with a top hat and like a, like a monocle. And a mon- yes. <laughs> oh, I love it. Thanks, Nate. This was, this was great. Um, it's a highlight for me personally, since, you know, I kind of have a connection with this game via Caleb and Jason. This game is so awesome. Um, and it was just really good to hear your story. And I really appreciate you coming on and telling everybody about it. Thank you so much. It was really, really cool to get it out. I've never done that before. <laughs> it's been amazing. I got to say, I'm, yeah, I'm inspired by the 117 plays that PJ's had in less than three months. Yeah. Uh, That's quite a testament to gameplay counting so yeah thanks nate and thanks pj and thanks everyone for listening thanks everyone for listening please subscribe and as always we'd love to hear your thoughts and ideas so make sure to leave those in the comments and don't forget you can also chat with us both on instagram at meeple to meeple